Well, good morning again, everyone. I just want to say welcome again to worship. Welcome to those of you who are here in this room right now in our contemporary service. And I want to say welcome again and greetings to those of you who are in our traditional service right now or online or on TV. Thanks for being here. Thanks for joining us, for all being a part of this church family together where we can learn and grow together in response to God's word and grow together as followers of Jesus Christ. You know, we're kind of in the middle of a series right now. You saw the video in this room and online and it's called I'll Be Home for Christmas. I'll, I'll Be Home for Christmas. We're talking about the experience of home, the longing that a lot of us feel for a home that's kind of inside of us and, and how it is that we can receive that welcome home and, and extend an experience of home to others. And as we've been thinking about this series, it kind of took me back a little bit. I was, my mind was drawn back to the place that I called home as I grew up. My parents continued to live in the house where I was born and raised for a number of years until just a few years ago. And that's my old house there in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, 3520 West 152nd Street, that brick house in the middle. You can see the army of minivans that pulled up in front there. This is the day that my folks were moving out a couple summers ago. And, uh, or actually, I think it was around, it was winter, there's no snow. But winter when they finally moved out. That's my street that I rode my bike up and down a couple thousand times as a kid. There's a picture of the back of the house that I brought along. That's the, that's the back of my old house there. Little basketball hoop on the left side. Must have shot thousands of baskets there. And then uh, finally, I brought a picture of my old bedroom up there, kind of all emptied out now, ready for someone to move in. I probably spent thousands of hours planning mischief or something uh, up in that room. But that's, that's kind of where I come from. That's a place that I think of as where what was home for me for a long time. You probably have places you think of as having been home for you. I think home's an interesting place or feeling. It's, there's even so many different proverbs, so many different ideas about what home really is. You've, you heard somebody say, home is, home is where the heart is, right? Have you ever heard that? There's even like people make plaques and pictures. Home is where the heart is. And other places say, yeah, home, home isn't a place. Home is a feeling, right? Home's always a feeling. And then recently somebody had a lot of wisdom. They said, home actually is where your Wi-Fi connects automatically. <laughs> We've finally solved the problem, right? Although if that were true, my home would be down the hall right over there, I think. That's probably too close to truth to be funny. We all have different experiences of home, and sometimes the longing that we have for home that, that seems to be there somewhere in all of us, and different people have different ambitions for travel and getting around and don't like being homebodies, and some are homebodies, and yet there seems to be, I think, in just about everybody, this, this longing for a for a home base, for a place of belonging, for a place where we're known and welcomed and loved. And yet that, that internal thing, this reflection of a universal hunger in us, sometimes it can come out sideways. I think sometimes it can, it can misfire. And this longing for home that we have can cause us to become trapped in our past, right? Nothing wrong with nostalgia. There's nothing wrong with remembering where you came from. I have fond memories of the place where I came from. But sometimes you get so trapped in the good old days you just can't really pay attention to the new things that are happening, to what's changing, to what maybe God is doing in you, or maybe to cooperating with what new things God might want to do in you. You become trapped in the past and, and stuck with that rather than a new thing that God might be doing. Or a problem that a lot of us struggle with is this intense desire that we have for a home, a place to belong, a place of joy and peace, is that, well, the homes that we live in don't always match the dreams that we had for them. And because of the intuitions that we have, the sense we have for this place of belonging and, and a dream for what that would be, man, it can make the feeling of disappointment feel pretty sharp. When the home that you live in is full of conflict or unrest or is not the place of joy and fullness and peace and support 
that you hoped it would be, when you thought maybe your home would be full of spouse and children and, and it's not, when that longing that we all have, this universal hunger for home, sometimes when life doesn't turn out to be the way that we dreamed it would be, sometimes we, it sharpens the disappointment. Or another way that this happens, I think, for us that is a problem, and maybe you know, different people experience problems different ways. I think maybe in this part of the world, in this part of the country, this can happen to us. Sometimes our longing for home can cause us to turn inward on our homes. Maybe we have a family and we love our family and we want our family relationships to be strong, but it can begin to turn our attention away from those who are outside. And instead of our homes being a place that radiates love, that's a, a conduit, if you will, of God's love and grace in the world, it can become more of a, a closed system. And we need to be broken out of that and use home not as just a place where we bunker down, or hunker down, but as a home base that God launches us out from to be loving and welcoming and transformative in his world. There's, there's this universal hunger for home, I think, in us. And yet sometimes in this world, that, that universal longing, that sense we have for home can, can come out sideways or can misfire or even be disappointing sometimes for us. And, and I want to share some of you this morning that I think can be helpful in that regard. I want to share with you what I think the Bible shows us as a story about our universal longing for home and how it is that, that that need in us can be met in a healthy and gracious way and how it is that we can turn that longing for home, how that can be used, how we can use that fruitfully in our world. So let me, let me show you something here. And I'll begin with an illustration. So, so this is a Bible, right, in case you were wondering. It's not Shakespeare. This is a Bible. And the Bible is a story. And there's a, there's a narrow part at the end that's kind of the end of the story, about right there. And there's a narrow part at the beginning that I call the beginning of the story. And then there's this big, thick part in the middle. And this is all a big story from the beginning to the end. And I want to start by giving you some examples from this middle part of the story, where I would say even we live in this middle part of the story. It's not just an ancient thing, but it, it describes our life. And then frame it a little bit at the beginning and the end. When we read the story of God's people, we can look back into ancient history, to thousands of years ago, to biblical characters who have names like Abraham and Sarah and Isaac and Rebecca, and read their life stories and see that they were relatively homeless. They were wanderers. They, they, they sensed a calling from God to leave behind something that was functioning as home for them and go on to something as new, something new. And they lived as wanderers for a long time. In fact, if you go forward a few hundred years from the stories of characters like them and go into the history of Israel, there's a, there's a verse in the ancient book of Deuteronomy where God's people were being instructed in their relationship with God and how to live for God in this world, and they had a confession, something they repeated, that rooted them in their story, that gave them an identity together. This is Deuteronomy chapter 26, verse 5. It says this, Then you shall declare before the Lord your God, My father was a wandering Aramean. Right? I'm rooted in wandering. I, I'm rooted in the story of not yet fully being at home. If that's your experience where you feel like I've got this longing for home, but I'm not necessarily there, it's not necessarily fulfilled, that's, that goes way back in the story. My father was a wandering Aramean. And then in the middle of the story, about like right in the center, there's this book called the Book of Psalms. Now, the Psalms are like an ancient prayer book or an ancient song book. And the ancient Israelites would use these prayers or sing these prayers at all kinds of different occasions. There's a little section of them in the middle, starting at Psalm 120. 
There were prayers or songs that the Israelites would use thousands of years ago as they would make the pilgrim holidays up to Jerusalem. From wherever they were, they would go on Passover or on the Feast of Tabernacles. They would go to Jerusalem and they would pray and sing as they went along, traveling music. And one of them, this is a couple of verses out of the very first of those psalms of people who were on the way, people who were going to a place that symbolized home for them from a place where they apparently didn't always feel at home. Psalm 120, starting in verse 5, somebody says, this is very old language, by the way, woe to me that I dwell in Meshach. Have you guys ever been to Meshach? Do you go there a lot for the holidays? That I live among the tents of Kedar. Too long have I lived among those who hate peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. This person feels this sense of displacement, and they feel it geographically, spatially. They're not at a place that feels like home, but that's not really the central issue, right? The central issue is I feel like a wanderer among people. I don't belong. I, the, the values that I live among don't reflect the values that, that God wants for his world. I, I'm for peace, but, but they're for war. It's wandering, homeless, not, not belonging. This is a story of God's people throughout the scriptures. It's a story that we live in. It's the story that Jesus was born into. In a couple of weeks, we're going to have all these worship services. We're going to celebrate Christmas. And we're going to remember again the story of Jesus' birth, being born just like this. Into this kind of story, he was born in, in Bethlehem in this small town outside of Jerusalem. And then his parents are warned in a dream. They're warned that this is a dangerous place. The, the King Herod, this tyrant ruler, this violent, sometimes genocidal ruler in the Middle East. Does this sound familiar to anybody? It becomes not safe for them to live there any longer. And so they have to cross boundaries. They have to go on this long trek, make a dangerous journey, and they go down across the area of Israel that's now kind of in the area of the Gaza Strip and down across the Sinai Peninsula to Egypt. Jesus and his family were these, they were a displaced refugee family feeling, fleeing from violent leadership who was trying to kill the children in the area to go be safe. And after a period of time, they come back. But when they come back, they don't even resettle in the same place where Jesus was born. But they go up farther north to this little hamlet, this little village. It's a big city now, actually, in northern Israel. It's called the city of Nazareth. And Jesus goes back there again. The, the story of Christmas is already the story of Jesus being born into this kind of wandering story of a place without a, without a strong belonging, without a, a strong home. And as Jesus grew, this continued to be the story of him and his people. And, and there's one example of this, I think, that is pretty clear. It's kind of a famous passage. Uh, Jesus is teaching, and some people come to him, and they want to follow him. And Jesus answers. So this is the story in Matthew 8, 19. A teacher of the law, an expert in the Bible, an expert in the scriptures, comes to Jesus and says, teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. I mean, that's awesome. I would like to say that with my whole heart. This guy says, I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replies, he says, foxes have dens, they're not homeless. Birds of the air have nests, but the son of man, and that was Jesus' way of naming himself, the son of man has no place to lay his head. I, I don't have a belonging here. And he acknowledges that reality. And I think it's also a word of challenge. Maybe a word of challenge says, you could find belonging with me, but it won't be the kind of thing that you think. And in fact, I, I, I hear a word of challenge here, not to settle for a belonging or a home that isn't the home that God made us for. Not, not to go chasing a sense of belonging or love or acceptance in places that, where it's not real. Not, not to go searching for joy or pleasure or peace in places that don't satisfy, but rather to find it with Jesus, who, in spite of what he says here, he has no place to lay his head, yet we can tell through the stories of his life that 
he did have a strong sense of home. He brought a sense of home to people wherever he went and seemed to operate out of it. Let me give you one more example from his life that I, I think illustrates that point. This is from just a little bit later in the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus is teaching, and well, I'll, I'll read you the story. It's Matthew 12. It starts in verse 46. While Jesus was still talking to the crowd, this is the passage we read in both of our worship venues this morning, his mother and brothers stood outside, outside whatever dwelling he was in there, and they wanted to speak to him. And someone told him, hey, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak with you. Like, don't they get to the front of the line? Can they get in through the crowd? And Jesus replied to them, who's my brother? Who's my mother? And who are my brothers? Now, that could sound pretty rude, right? I mean, like, who are they? I think he's got a point to make here, because we know from other stories in Jesus' life that he maintains a relationship with them. And pointing to his disciples, his followers, we often use the word apprentice for disciple, right? Someone learning to walk in the way of Jesus. He pointed to them, he said, here are my mother and brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Home's not just a place, right? It's not like you have to go back to where you came from to feel home. It can feel nostalgic, it can be comforting. But home is together with people who are drawing close to God, making for us, fulfilling for us the need in our hearts that we were created for, to be welcomed back to our maker, to be welcomed back to God, and to experience that in community with other people, to be welcomed back. Now, that's what we see in Jesus in his life right here. And I just want to show you real quickly, that's the framing of the story. That's the beginning and the end. It's why we have this longing for home. Way at the beginning of the Bible is a story of creation, given to us to understand what God means for the world to be like. That there were these initial uh, primordial humans characterized Adam and Eve in the Bible, and they're living at peace with one another in harmony, in relationship with themselves, in relation with one another, in relationship with God. They, they were home. They had an experience of home. And although that is broken in our experience, that's where God says we're headed again, the end of the story. In the book of Revelation, this highly complicated, symbolic, promising, powerful text, right at the very end in the second last chapter of the Bible is a verse I want to share with you. It's Revelation chapter 21, verse 3. And in, in this vision that God gives to John, John says, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place, right, where, where God makes his home, God's dwelling place is now among the people, not separated from them anymore, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. That we feel a sense of not being at home. We feel a sense of unsettlement. Our longing for home comes out sideways. But the promise is God's making that home. But that wouldn't be such a, a great promise. I wouldn't be so motivated by that if I had to go back to primordial time to experience it, because that's been lost. You can't go back. Or if I just had to wait for the infinite future to receive that, it, it seems so distant. But this is exactly what the Bible says God has done ahead of time in Jesus. To turn the course of the world away from the place where we turn away from one another and we exclude one another from our homes and we feel a sense of being homeless. Rather, God has brought this right into our world. Let me read you one more verse. This is from the, from the Gospel of John. It's kind of a Christmas verse without the Christmas story. That John 1.14, describing Jesus entering into the world, says the word, the, the message, the communication and presence of God became flesh and made his, see that word again, dwelling. It's the same word in the original Greek of these texts too. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. This is the news about what God has done in our world, in, in our lives to turn us from a place where we're merely hungry for home 
and experience a, a frustrated desire for home and, and maybe, maybe act out of our frustrated desire in a way that doesn't really reflect home and grace and welcome to others. Instead, God has come to make his home with us and to invite us to experience that home. We, we shared communion in our traditional and contemporary worship venues here this morning as a, as a remembrance, as a practice of what Jesus did everywhere he went. When he went taking home with him to people and said, why don't you come have dinner with me? You invited me over, I'll bring home over to your house. I'll bring home everywhere that I go. Because he was together with God's people and together with our Heavenly Father. And we were welcome to that table. And we're invited to share that experience with others. And I want to invite you to respond to this action of God. To this word of God, to this announcement. That home doesn't have to be something that you don't experience, that you just long for. But that you can come home. And you can receive the gift of home with God and God's people here in this present time. And I, I want to speak, first of all, to, to those of you I know who are wounded and weary and tired of not receiving home. Of being in your own homes and feeling conflict and hurt and lack of peace. Of feeling abandoned, and afflicted, wounded. You can come home. There's a Heavenly Father who loves you so much, who made a home for you who didn't even just sit somewhere and go like, I should give them ideas about home. I should give them a, instruction about home. But he said, I will come and make a dwelling place with them. I'll become flesh and make a home for them. If that's you, I want to invite you here as we prepare for Christmas this year to come home, to come home to God, to experience the gift of peace and healing and restoration in the spirit of God. You can come home. Sometimes the wounds that we feel come from these things that we're a victim of, where we, we've gotten hurt. I think it's just realistic also to acknowledge that sometimes the lack of home that we feel is a result of our own wandering. That we've wandered from home. We've made some dumb choices. We've sought out home. We've sought out joy in life where it is not to be found. And if that's where you are, if you perceive that you're, if you understand that your lack of home comes from well, wandering yourself, I certainly see that in my own choices sometimes then I want to offer you the same invitation. Come home. Come home. Don't seek life where it's not to be found, but receive that gift from Jesus who wants to give you life here in this earth and, and life to the full. Come home. And finally, just to be super practical about this, I, I was thinking about our experience of being family together. Our, one, our first core value says Jesus makes us family. And many of you consider this to be your church home. And yet I know that at least for some people, when you walk in these doors on a Sunday morning or some other time during the week, if there could be like a visible meter on you, a dial, a needle somehow that, that measures your experience of home, that just walking in this building or being among those people doesn't always like peg that needle all the way over, right? And maybe there's a measure of home, but, it, but it's flickering above zero or it's halfway up. I want to invite you to put yourself in the position, whatever that is for you, to receive that gift of home, to, to begin to build bridges of relationship. Home is found among God's people, drawing close to God together. And there's a time when it feels safe to be anonymous, to slip in and slip out. And, and if that's where you are in life, oh, I'm not judging that. But maybe now's the time to, to build some bridges, to reach a hand across the aisle, to, to build some relationships. Maybe just get to know people right around you, very safe. They're already sitting there. Or maybe to be a part of some of the ways that we serve one another or serve through our church family for the good of our neighborhood and our community. Relationships and bridges and a sense of home together can be built when we work shoulder to shoulder for the good of God's world. Or I'll just plant a seed for you. 
we're starting a new adventure in January that's going to be called Restored. You're going to hear a lot about it coming up, but part of it is hosting an event and creating a bunch of new groups where we can build some friendships together. And I just plant a seed that maybe if your home meter only goes up a little bit and you really need some more connections in the family, in the family of God here, that that's something that maybe you'll be ready for when you hear about that in the coming weeks and coming month. Jesus' invitation is to come home. And then I'll, I'll leave you with a final challenge. And that is not only do we receive the gift of home from God in Christ, wherever we come from, wherever we are, but we get to follow the example of our leader and take that home out for others. Right? Let's not let that experience of home become something that's turned inward. It's for our benefit. It becomes almost a selfish experience. But let's follow the example of Jesus and be agents of God's change, agents of God's homecoming in the world. And that could play out a whole bunch of different ways for you. God's positioned all of us differently. I often say that one of the primary places we live out our followership to Jesus is, is in our homes. And maybe if you share your home with somebody else, maybe, maybe just a place where you want to make that experience of home for others. You'd be an agent of God's grace and welcome and love for the people that you share a home with. Take home with you everywhere that you go. Or maybe it's people that you know in your neighborhood or your workplace. They, don't, they haven't received the gift of life from God, the life that is truly life. And you want other people to receive that goodness. Maybe there are people you know who honestly would be really blessed and thankful if you invited them to your church home for Christmas this year, maybe around Christmas time. That could be an act of sharing home with somebody else. Or maybe for you, the way that God's gifted you and stirred your passions right now, maybe it's really an act of physically making home for others. You know, as a church family, we committed to Project Home. I know we've still got some volunteer slots available for that, an opportunity to do practical jobs and get shoulder to shoulder with people and love folks who are in a pretty hard time in life right now. Maybe, it's, maybe God's stirring something in you that has to do with the millions of people who are also fleeing the Middle East right now. Different but similar circumstances to the Christmas story. And they're without home. And maybe God wants the church of Jesus in the world to stand up and be a place that makes home, that, that welcomes home, that shares the love of God. I'm not a smart enough political leader to know how to manage all those solutions, and I'm not telling you what to do there. But I, I do believe that welcoming the stranger is a Christian thing to do. That making peace and love and home for those who are without home is following the way of Jesus. And maybe God's working in you somehow. You have some ideas. You have some action that God wants to move you on. Like I know that, I know that there's a longing for home in all of us. And I know that that longing for home goes unmet, gets frustrated, and sometimes it misfires. But I know that God has come to make his home with us and to invite you to come home and to make home for others. Let's pray for God to do that work in our hearts and in our lives and our world. Father in heaven, I, I'm grateful that you made us for more than this, that you made us for home, even when we feel that frustrated longing. And God, we want to come home. And I pray that by your spirit you would invite us and that you would break down the, the hard-heartedness that keeps us away, that you would heal what's broken in our hearts, that you would meet us where we're hurting, where our longing for home creates disappointment. God, we want to come home. And I know you keep the door open for us. Give us the courage to walk through. And God, I pray that you would transform us from the inside out, that all the ways that our longing for home comes out sideways would come out right ways. God, that you would make us to be people who bring home with us wherever we go, that we'd receive it and that we'd offer it, that we would be witnesses, agents of your grace and love in the world, in Jesus' name. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.